All right. Uh, you're listening to the Shuttlecock Podcast. My name is Aaron Rhodes. Uh, we're sponsored by the Vinyl Underground at 7th Heaven, located at 76 and Truce in Kansas City, Missouri, offering new and used vinyl. This week on the show, we have Jake Strife. What's up? How's it going, Aaron? It's, it's going pretty good. How you doing? I'm good. Awesome. I'm good. So... What kind of what kind of music were you into growing up and everything? <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, growing up, from the earliest, was probably just like the oldies, like you know, like the oldie station, you know. Oh yeah. Like um, that just what like your parents were playing? Yeah, mm. yeah. Like like uh, Billy Joel and Bob Dylan and stuff, right? Then like I got into like. Uh, some people at church, I guess, because I used to go to church pretty regularly, and uh, they like listen to um, like metal. Mm-hmm. So some of them were even in like bands, and I think I went to like some shows with like uh, Yahweh and like the Refuge, these places down in like Olathe. But I don't know. All in all, I was into a lot of different music growing up. So, so was that like Christian metal core yeah, or like, yeah, some, yeah some of that type something stuff. like that, like the Christ core mm. kind of stuff, but which was, which is fun, you mm. know, like Under Oath and like, uh, As I Lay Dying and I guess stuff like that. Mm. So, and how long would you say that like you were kind of like hanging around like that kind of scene? Uh, for a good minute, actually, mm. like Coronado left for dead was a pretty big influence. And there was like CD trade, plo- trade, trade post, like doing shows like really close to my house. And, uh, so there was just like, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of community members that were really into it. I went to like Cornerstone, even Cornerstone festival, which was like this, like, I think it was in Iowa or Illinois Bushnell. And 2010, mm. so like, like all these like Christian metal bands, like mm. that's what it was like. And, and you were still like an early teenager at that point. Yeah, let's see. I was probably like, I was definitely. Let's see, man. Was I even in high school? This was probably middle school still. Mm. Uh, and did you just like go up there with a bunch of friends and like your parents were like, okay, yeah, go ahead. It's Christian or yeah. like, yeah, no, like, uh, how did that work? It was like a youth group. Oh, like, yeah. um, I went to like a youth group with <laughs> some, some kids and, mm. uh, they, they like wanted to do it. So they had like a fundraiser, like for the youth group to all go. Nice. So, yeah. And so my parents approved, I guess, because of this, like, oh, it was a church thing. Yeah. So, that's. It's convenient. Yeah, it was convenient. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's really cool. So, uh, no, but yeah, and like, I, I'm i sure they had a lot more material before that may not have been quite as, um, like, close to my taste, but like, I have listened to like the last Coronado EP, and like, that, oh, yeah. there's some solid stuff on there, oh, yeah. and like, they got uh, Sean from Coalesce to be on one of those yeah. songs, yeah, and yeah. like, see, that's, that's still like pretty chill for like a, like a suburban, like, band that started off like well and i don't know how like christian they were when they ended or whatever but right but yeah i think for coming from that background that was like a relatively cool band for that time period yeah yeah i think uh i mean 
I thought, yeah, like doing something with Cole-esque was like really tight. Uh, they were definitely one of my favorites in the in the area. There's like, I think there's some others. I don't know if they did anything like, but I definitely overheard that they probably could have been signed. I don't know if they just decided not to. I don't really know any of that jazz, but mm. uh, it was a good band. Yeah, and I think one of the members actually did go to Olathe East where, where I was at, yeah. but that was probably like a little before my time too. Yeah. But um, yeah, so what, what kind of, what was your like next steps after like kind of exploring that scene for a while? Um, um, so yeah, so I was pretty into Christ's core, I guess. And like the chariot was like a big influence specifically. So like I was kind of like diving into more like, I guess that's called like math core, right? But mm. I somehow found like scrams and uh, was just listening to that on my own time. Like I hate myself and like uh, page 99 and stuff like that. Um, and uh, I, I didn't really know what it was at the time. I think I like saw um, like Greg Smith who goes to shows a lot uh, um, he like showed me some stuff in high school. I remember cause I was like, uh, listening to like dumb bands and he was like, Oh, here's this, this whole website that makes fun of like your scene. And it was called your scene sucks. Yeah. And it was really funny. But, uh, so I found some bands through that <laughs> too. <laughs> and, uh, I just like did a lot of exploring, I guess. Um, but eventually I guess, uh, Noah Hayes like invited me to some like DIY shows, which mm. I, he, he understood that I like knew like more emo stuff. So I went to like diving, which was my first like DIY show at art closet. Mm. And that was really cool. Cause I had no idea there was like this kind of like, I mean, I had been to like local DIY shows before, but it was just Olathe and it was like the, uh, like churches and it was very like strict. And, yeah. Yeah. So this was just like, I don't know. It was just a whole new experience already. Um, but then he like showed me some stuff like punk and like hardcore, like more or less, uh, on, on this like list. Cause he like saw me listening to like asking Alexandria or something. <laughs> and it was like, you suck. And I was like, you suck. And, uh, and then, uh, he's like, you should listen to these bands. So I'm like, all right, fine. I'll give it a chance. And there was actually some really fucking cool bands on that. I didn't really get the whole like lo-fi thing at the time, but then like I went to, uh, like a bad house show on July 4th. I think it was, uh, it was dirty work release of, they're the one with the baby. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was like Newt Colt, Dirty Work, No Master maybe. Mm. It was just all these locals. And it was it was awesome. Like there was fireworks in the basement. And it was like, uh, like Trey like threw a bunch of water on me at the end. Oh, Shapeshifter was still a thing at that time. I mm. think they were playing that too. And it was like. And didn't like the they like throw a bunch of fireworks in a fridge at that show too, or like uh, some like dead fridge or like <laughs> some other know. like goofy stuff happened there. I don't know if I saw that if that happened. Yeah, but that's very very plausible. No, yeah, I think I think a lot a lot of stories came out of that show. I don't think I was in town for that one, but yeah, yeah, that was the first like punk show I was at. Yeah, and it was it was a blast. Mm-hmm. It was I was hooked like off the bat because like the energy. It was just like. 
I've never seen a show like that. Mm. So no, and uh, you, you mentioned that like Noah's kind of like poking fun at all the the oh, bands yeah. you're listening to, oh, yeah. and like as <laughs> as like kind of disheartening as that can be, like as a high schooler, like I think that is like one of the perks of like that time. Like you can just like talk all the shit on like your friends' favorite bands and oh, show yeah. them the stuff you think's cool, and they just they they can do it back to you, and like I don't know as as like mean-spirited as that stuff can be sometimes i think it is often for the best so yeah no i'm thankful for it yeah. i mean i found a lot better music in my opinion mm-hmm. or at least more authentic things with that uh so yeah it was pretty cool but no but you did mention the chariot though and like yeah. that's another band kind of like coronado i'm like okay they're christian but this is still kind of cool oh yeah like i saw them at warp tour one time and that that was like right before they broke up. I yeah, think, and that yeah. was one. Have you, That's I, interesting. Did, did you end I up seeing that show? Yeah. Actually, um, yeah, I saw that band like six times. Like mm. they're like my favorite band. I still, I still fuck with that band, honestly. Mm. Uh, yeah, that, and that was why like seeing the punk show was like this is what I needed because like with their shows too, that high energy, like it was just like their performance was like you know throwing guitars in the air and like I saw them at Cornerstone that year, which is what I like 2010 which was what I really got into it because they were like burning or no, they weren't, that was a different show, but they were like, they like put out the bass drum, like into the crowd and they're just like crowd surfing and like they shaved, uh, the dude that like is from here. Like he's a KC like resident. They sh- he used to play in the band for a minute, like mm. before they like broke up, but, uh, they shaved his beard on stage and it was just like, it was just wild. Um, but uh, but yeah, that band was really good. Yeah, so. and I guess that's not a, not a bad foundation for getting into punk and oh, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, I think it was good. I was, mm. Yeah, I still like it. It's still hard, hard hitting, mm. like heavy shit. So yeah, kind of wild, thrashy, right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, after going to shows for like, I mean, it probably like I don't think you really were in a band really until like a few years of going to shows right like oh yeah no i wasn't um yeah like oh i guess really uh annie seed was the first band that Mm. actually like did something um because like we i jammed with a lot of people but it never like it just never like took off Mm. and uh so yeah that's like 2017 pretty sure well a little bit before that i guess we Mm. started uh Yep. Were, were you excited? I've been going to shows since like I was 18. So no, yeah. So were you, were you excited to just finally be in a band at that point and be doing that type of thing? Yeah, it was fun. I was I was happy to finally contribute because you know watching all those like those old heads doing stuff uh, was really inspiring. So I definitely wanted to for a long time, but mm. uh, I don't know. I was uh I was on a hiatus for a while and like just didn't really like I don't know just didn't get the opportunity to so it was cool to like finally do something. I, I hope no one takes offense to you calling them old heads. In, in this. <laughs> are, are you yeah are you referring to like all the like 2012 bands? I guess so. that that might be a little scary for them. Oh really? Uh, they're not old. They're like they're not even old. They're like <laughs> what like they're like yeah. 24, 26 or something. Yeah, right? something like that. I'm just I'm just saying old heads because I've been doing it a long time. No, yeah, excuse me. Veterans. Yes, yeah. veterans. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks but, for calling me out, Aaron. No, no, um, I, I shouldn't have. <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, are you are you upset? Uh, like, are you just kind of bummed out that that band just recently came to an end, or uh, are you just ready to do more no, stuff? Or I'm definitely not bummed out about <laughs> that band being over with. No, it was it was a really good like first band to mm-hmm. like do stuff with, and I was like, uh, love all those guys, uh, but it was it was a it was just time to close it off. It was a little bit frustrating uh, at times, so. It was good to like just kind of like bury the hatchet like we had a good thing while it lasted. And yeah, I'm just ready to do other things. So mm-hmm. I think everybody's in that boat with that. And uh, I think the next band that you jumped in after Anti-Seed was Nightcrawlers. Mm-hmm. And you were playing drums there. Yep. Uh, yes. Yeah. And h- how long have you been playing drums? Like, didn't you like kind of pick it up like not too long before the that band started? Uh, well, huh. I like someone gave me their old drum set because mm. they were like, you look like you could play drums, which I really <laughs> appreciated because I like, he like taught me a couple things on it and, uh, you know, the basics and I'd had the set for a long time, but I moved a lot. And so it was just at my parents. And so I didn't really play it all the time. Um, but yeah, when I moved back into my parents, yeah, I started playing it a lot more before Annie Seed. So I kind of knew how to do some things, but uh, yeah, I guess I was, I've been playing for a good minute, mm-hmm. like four years, but off and on, but now more consistently. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I feel like I'm, I'm guessing I, I, I didn't do any math here, but I think you've probably played more shows in Nightcrawlers than like any other band you've done so far. Uh, yeah, I think so. That's yeah, probably so right. Do you have any any favorite like shows that you've got to do through that band so far, or um, the Lumpy and the Dumpers show over the summer at the skate park was mm. really fun. Yeah, that was fun. The Warm Bodies kickoff tour. It was it was a blast. Um, Machine Girl was really cool too. Mm-hmm. We played with Machine Girl at uh, Awful House, and I I didn't know who that was, but like seeing it, I was like, oh, this is this is dope. Like I love seeing stuff live for the first time, and just like I don't know, it was different. Um, it's like electronic lightning bolt or some shit. It was cool. Um. Yeah, I don't know. There's a there's a lot of good shows that Nightcrawlers have played. Mm. I, I like a lot of stuff that we played. Oh yeah, and and like after being a band for like a little over a year now, I think. Like, are, do you guys have any plans for like tours or like another release or something coming up? Um, not to my knowledge. Mm. Um, we are going to do something uh, last January, but we haven't really talked about it. So. Wait, mean with like a tour, um, and I guess last January I mean this January now. Mm. But um, we have new songs that aren't like done, like they're they're finished composition musically, I guess. And but I don't know either because I think Jack is moving mm. or talking about it, so I don't know what we're doing with that band. But I would like to keep it rolling. Uh, it's just kind of like uh, unclear what we're going to do. Mm. I think we have some shows, so we'll just see what happens. Mm. Oh, yeah, and I think, like, 
and I'm, I'm, this isn't me just like being like, oh, you need to keep this band going, yeah. like, because you know you can't just force that stuff. But like, I think uh, Nightcrawlers has kind of taken up a sound that um, all the people who left Kansas City kind of took with them, and like there wasn't anyone playing that kind of creepy, like, style of like punk, like for a little bit, and you guys kind of like took the torch and. So, like, I don't know. It would be cool to see it keep moving as long as possible. Yeah. No, I really like playing in that band. It was, like, you know, went into it with, like, you know, the idea was going to be, like, a post-punk thing. And uh, it definitely is in a way. Uh, but it's it's really, like, it's, like, I don't know. It's really fun to play. And, uh, yeah. yeah. I hope I hope we keep doing stuff with it. Mm-hmm. It was really fun. It's really fun to play. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember you did put out a solo EP like a year or two ago. Oh yeah, and is is, is that <laughs> oh. something like do you do you, do you still like kind of mess around and like write songs by yourself, uh, or is it are you mainly kind of focused on the punk bands you're playing in? Uh, no, yeah, I'm not really right now. I'm I'm focused in the punk and doing like collaborative projects with people or or group bands or whatever but mm. i would like to come back to that at some point um not that album but doing some solo stuff mm. i guess okay, and like it, it was like acoustic guitar and just vocals i'm pretty sure right yeah there's and, a couple like keyboard or there's there was a keyboard and a piano okay that were used as well but yeah were you, were you drawing like was, was i feel like the songwriting though was kind of like influenced by like kind of just modern emo stuff to an extent is that like kind of what you were into then um yeah um well yeah yeah i mean i don't really know what let's see what was it really influenced by (laughs) it's really minimal Mm -hmm. it's very like i like a lot of slowcore so i think it might have like 90s slowcore like slint and like shipping news and things like that mm-hmm. and i think i wanted to do that but also do like like a teen suicide like lo-fi like really like acoustic-y thing mm-hmm. you know or like i don't know there's other like acoustic artists like alex g is really good like that's like well produced and stuff but things like that yeah mm-hmm. so a little bit sad Oh, yeah, and that is, like, another kind of niche that Kansas City doesn't have, like, a lot of people Mm -hmm. trying to fill. So I think you'll you'll manage to be successful with whatever, like, type of stuff you're diving into because it seems like you do have interest in, like, a bunch of these kind of subgenres that don't necessarily get a lot of love. And, you know, it's probably easy enough to, like, land opening slots just based on that stuff alone just because like no one else is doing that in town. So yeah, that's just, that's fair. My thought on it. <laughs> Hopefully other people do it. Cause mm. I don't, I don't feel very well skilled <laughs> in that department, but I, I just like seeing other people doing that too. Mm. So yes, I think Hopefully. you'll be there eventually. Thank you. <laughs> but, um, no, yeah. Okay. But you're also singing in liquid swords right now. Correct. Um, how, how did that band get assembled? Uh, it was Gage's idea. Uh, Gage wanted to do 
some hardcore, more or less like crime watch kind of like, yeah. But, or like even like youth crew was really kind of the goal with mm-hmm. that band in some way. Like, uh, so I know cause like Ethan, Ethan wanted to do that. So we, that's how we got a hold of Ethan cause they like made a Facebook post about, I want to do something in a youth crew band and we like that stuff too. So, um, I guess Gage hit them up and then we knew Will just played bass. So we were like, yeah, let's try to get some like new people that aren't doing stuff in the scene currently too. Um, so that was kind of like the mentality behind that. And then we just, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, we wanted to do something like it kind of came with the idea of doing something youth crew. Um, it, it became, you know, what it is now, but, uh, yeah, Mm. I don't know. No. Yeah. And I think like you mentioned that, you know, Will and like, Will wasn't really involved in the scene before. And Ethan was more like playing in like emo bands and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think that has kind of successfully like brought at least a few new people out to the shows. And like, I think it's been just kind of a, a net positive for, the scene having new people around so yeah that's definitely a plus um but yeah where what 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 are your like main influences as far as like lyrics and like songwriting go in that band like what do you kind of draw from uh it is just like like it it like the 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 songwriting style kind of is like youth crew to an extent but like i feel like the the imagery and stuff is like a little darker than your yeah, average. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. That's, that was actually kind of an identity crisis when we were starting that. Cause I was like, Oh shit. You know, youth here is pretty like positive in a lot of ways. And I, I don't know if I have that in me. And, uh, so I, I, I discussed it with the group about how kind of like what I was writing and they're, they, they seem pretty like, you know, supportive of what it was. So, um, I guess my inspiration just kind of comes from like, it's hope, like, hopefully it, it, it brings a light to, to subjects that aren't positive, but hopefully like will be something people can relate to in a, in a, in a way that they can adjust positively, mm. maybe, hopefully, or take it however they want. I mean, I know it's, it's pretty angry. It's not, but no. I don't know. I it's it comes from a lot of things. So mm. I guess I don't know. Oh yeah, and so there I, are there are like one or two songs that are like pretty overtly like political, like anti-fascist mm-hmm. and like yeah. that kind of thing. And then sure. there's also just more like kind of like social critique and that type of thing, just right. like talking about like different behaviors and stuff like that. So yeah, that's yeah. It seems to be mostly like. Uh, yeah, a lot of social uh, things that mm. bother me, and and then, but then of course, yeah, the anti-fascist, which is is a given, it's very relevant at this time period too. Uh, I feel that needs to be said. Mm. So I don't know. That's yeah. that's what inspired me. Mm. So and yeah, I get. I guess we'll. Oh yeah, and. Yeah, what does does Liquid Swords have any like stuff coming up that people should know about? Like, 
You working um, on new release or any yeah. shows and stuff? Um, we got some new songs. Uh, we've been playing a couple of them, but hopefully Ethan's in New York right now. But when Ethan gets back, hopefully we can uh, practice up on like all of those. Hopefully in April, I'm guessing. I mean, I'm kind of just saying this for the whole band now, but hopefully in April we can get that like new like EP or something like five or six tracks we have about uh, you know recorded again and then put that out before May or so and uh, we got some shows in May and then we plan on touring in the summer sometime awesome so yeah and I guess this will kind of just flip into side like part two of the interview we're gonna jump into your your visual artwork. Okay. Um, flipping. Flipping. Flip the record. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh man, I should, I, should throw, I should throw this podcast on vinyl. That'd be pretty, pretty oh. sweet. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just start dubbing tapes of my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. No, no, nobody wants that. Nobody. It's just free. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. How how long have you been? like drawing and just been interested in in the whole world of comics and illustration a long time long time i think yep a long time i have uh liked comics for a long time i was drawing for a long time Mm. so like and i say a long time meaning like i was like i've been doing this for uh like i was like you know three or four whatever mm. i've just been like like making like when i saw pokemon i like made whole books and i i had my own thing called monster cars Ooh. and uh they have nothing to do with cars but they're kind of like monsters they're kind of like <laughs> they're kind of monsters and i i made like my own pokemon it's pretty sick <laughs> yeah so i still, I've been still have those stuff. laying around somewhere uh somewhere yeah, yeah i think i do actually nice. i don't know where they're at but uh, yeah, what? So I guess you know Pokemon and like like were were you like deep into anime to any okay. extent? Or? Not really. No? no, that was like my getaway because I wasn't allowed to watch Pokemon actually. Oh yeah, yeah. So I was like making it so I could enjoy it somehow. Mm. But uh, but no, I I guess more of what I was like uh, my environment was like the Sunday paper and. Uh, like Calvin and Hobbes and like this, like the strips of comics like that. Um, yeah, that was what I was exposed to. Most. I, I know Garfield pops up in your, oh, yeah. your drawings sometimes. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, a bit satirical, but <laughs> I, I, I did see some Garfield growing up. Mm. I don't really like it that much. Oh. I think it's funny though. Well, but who yeah. doesn't hate Mondays, Jake? <laughs> it's funny. Who yeah. doesn't love Isn't lasagna? It's relatable. It's so funny. <laughs> it's so it's so genius. Like it's just, you know, mm. it's perfect for the everyday reader that yeah. just needs to sit down and know what they're reading. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you saying your uh, people are stupid for liking Garfield? No, I'm, I'm, no. I'm <laughs> like, just, oh, I just want the same thing. I don't know what want, I'm getting. In they my know Garfield. what they're getting. <laughs> they know what they're getting. No, yeah, they're totally fine. I guess. I guess. <laughs> I guess you could say that about a lot of stuff. Like, I, I probably just eat the same food all the time. And, like, I don't know. I like knowing what I'm getting. I guess 
I mean, maybe that makes me dumb. Maybe it doesn't. I, I don't know. know. <laughs> I, I know what you mean. I mean, yeah. I like. I guess good you can't. Garfields. You can't. Yeah, you can't like a, a diverse range of like niche stuff in every aspect of your life. I guess so. Yeah. Like some people are like music and art nerds, and some people are food nerds, and I guess you know, there's there's all sorts of stuff out there. Yeah. I guess there's yeah. Being <laughs> but yeah, what what uh, what a, <laughs> what what makes uh, Calvin and Hobbes appeal to you so heavily? What uh, what draws you to that? I I that that comic is uh, like it's really um, hmm. well. I read it a lot. It, it probably has a lot to do with nostalgia because mm. I had my dad had uh, like one of like a whole book like Calvin and Hobbes it mm. was called like um, scientific progress goes boink and um, it was I read it taking dumps all the time <laughs> and it was really good so there's nostalgia to it but even now it just holds up like there's a lot of like um, philosophy in it and it's goofy because it's just these kid right and the imaginary well it's like a stuffed animal hmm. <laughs> I think I'm trying to explain this too hard it's just really good Bill Watterson <laughs> is like is a genius it looks good and the they're really well written like for adults and children mm-hmm. um, clever yeah, and there's, and, there's yeah. like a lot of emotion to it too yeah. You know? yeah. yeah that's true like the last comic the last like thing that's the other thing I like about it. Like looking at it now, it's like whenever he was done with it, he just like stopped it. He didn't really like, he didn't like oversell it. He didn't put like merchandise or anything. It was just the comic. Didn't make a CGI movie. No, 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 he didn't (laughs) do any of that. And it was like, yeah, this really sentimental, like last, like, Oh, you know, like they're just going on a sled ride or like, yeah, sometimes they just be like doing their wagon train and not a wagon train, but you know, They'd go on a wagon, or mm-hmm. they'd be like sitting inside, like reading comics through a fire. It was like, or like this one, they're like, they like pass out with water balloons in their hands because they're waiting for Susie to wa- drop it on her. And it's just like, oh, that's sweet. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it just can kind of become a comfort at, at, at some point, too. Yeah. So it was mm. comfortable. It was comfortable to read, and it was, uh, I don't know. But I, I would say that, like, I've seen some of your work, and it's, like, it, it, it does kind of possess that, like, kind of, like, fun and whimsy at, at certain points. But, like, there are ones that are, like, not comfortable at all, and they're <laughs> very, like, kind of existential. Yeah. So, like, yeah. what, what, what kind fair. of influences that side of your work? Um, hmm. Hmm. Okay. So I like, I'm not really sure where all of it comes from. Mm. Uh, I've probably just seen a lot of things and then, you know, recycled ideas here and there without even intentionally knowing where it came from. But I know Ren and Stimpy, I also really enjoyed Mm. uh, as a kid and as an adult. And it was kind of like gross and like, just stupid like it was it was uh i think that kind of comes off a lot um john k's work and even now i think uh 
reading John Kay, like, the more, like, adult comics and stuff, it's like, yeah, I could see where I'm, like, poking fun and, like, humanity being stupid or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, And then... I don't know. It's not like a world that I know really anything about, but I do feel like there is kind of a niche of like kind of alternative, like adult comic writing that Mm -hmm. is kind of like really like kind of focused on like very adult, like social situations and like workplace stuff and like kind of that whole side of stuff that like, there's no way a kid is going to enjoy that stuff. And like, I don't know how much of that stuff that you kind of end up digging into, but I think that that is, like, kind of a certain element of some of your stuff, I guess. Yeah. And, and, it, and it can kind of get, like, kind of cerebral and, like, can deal with, like, like real-world issues and, like, like mental stuff and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. And some of this stuff was, like, uh, Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think I, I do that a lot. And some of this stuff, like I said, I don't know if it like comes from this, but like hearing people describe my work in that way or like relating it to other things that they've read too, uh, has like opened my eyes to like more things that I'm like, Oh yeah, this is really cool and like I'm glad people have done this before. Because um, it's just more things to look at and be like, I guess, comfortable writing, things like that. Cause um uh, I would read, like, you know, I was really discouraged reading, like, Marvel comics for a long time because it was like, oh, here's all these superhero comics and, like, there's, like, a team of people working on it, you know, like a penciler, an editor, and all that jazz, and, like, even, like, a whole separate writer. Uh, And, uh, but then I found, like, the more, like, independent people again, you know, like... uh, that were just like making full books by themselves. And it was like a little bit more abstract, like Brian Chippendale from lightning bolt, uh, does comics that are really like scribbly and also like they're linear stories, but they are very, uh, yeah. What'd you say? Cerebral, I Mm -hmm. guess. Yeah. And, uh, that was a big influence. Uh, things like Daniel close is kind of a good, good one i think they do a lot of uh like stream of consciousness is what it feels like it's like it's like it's like there's a linear story but it's just like off the dome like it's just like oh you're just like traveling through whatever he's like immediately thinking mm. so it's, yeah and that's it's pretty cool i guess that's something that you'll like never get from a superhero comic be- just because right. that's such a large production that it kind of ends up stripping like some of those like more personal human elements away from it i guess i feel that way Mm -hmm. i mean i like those comics too but they're just they're different from what uh i really like i guess Mm -hmm. or like feel like i can express in i can express more freely i feel like in, in this uh metaphorical kind of like independent world that's i can do whatever you know so yeah and um so yeah i think a good um like it's it's been cool seeing you at casey ZineCon like the last couple of years yeah, you too. and because like i don't know i feel like well there there isn't always a huge like 
comic and illustration presence there. It usually is like kind of info zines and like art and some music scenes and stuff. But like, mm-hmm. I think you kind of brought like a cool Kansas City presence to that. Have you have you like ended up meeting like a lot of like other comic artists and like just people at at those shows that you like, ha- have a lot in common with? Uh, yeah, mm. yeah. There's a lot of, uh, yeah, there's a lot of really cool people that go to those. Um, I think you're right. I think there's a little bit less, um, maybe comics, at least, at least in the Kansas City zine cons from what I've experienced. Mm. Um, but, you know, they had some people from out of town too at the last one. And so I kind of met them or followed their work already. And, you know, they were like there, um, and they were really cool. Uh, thinking of like, they had, uh, I think it was Silver Sprocket, or I don't know. It mm. was it was a like the publishing company that had like a bunch of like comics uh, was there, and then there was uh, yeah. There's a lot of good like people. Ms. Harkness does cool comics. Uh, I met somebody else there that I had never knew. They're from uh, Minneapolis mm. that does, that did other comics, mm. like clown porn kind of comics. But it was, it was cool. Mm. I liked it. it, was it and you have, you have traveled to like out of town, like zine cons, right? Um, yeah. I, I've only gone to Chicago zine con. Yeah. How's that um, one? How is that kind of different from Kansas City's? Uh, it's, it seems to be bigger. Uh, seems to be. And, I feel like there's a little bit more I want to say there's more diversity with that with like with the the content that's being produced um or maybe it's just because I've found a lot more people that I've could that I knew or could interact with um in a in the comic world but there's a lot of really good like either comics or or just art zines or like anything going out in, in Chicago too, they were doing, um, uh, they were doing something really cool <laughs> the first year I went mm. and it's been a while, but I don't know. I don't know if it's really that much different than the Kansas city one. I think it's just bigger. Cool. Um, I think it's really good though. They both facilitate like a new community of people and they don't curate. It's just first come first serve. I think, right? I don't know if that's how Casey's income is, right? Yeah, I think that's kind of how it works. Okay. So I like that. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that's that's awesome. There's a lot of new people doing stuff, and it's cool to see. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And um, some of your newer work, you have kind of been you've, been, you've been taking, like, animation classes and working on that kind of stuff also. Like, is that something you've always like kind of wanted to do and like because i know you, you were talking about liking like ren and stimpy and mm-hmm. stuff like yeah. have you always had like as much of a passion for like cartoons and, and like tv stuff as you have with like print uh yeah mm. definitely um yeah i i yeah i would love <laughs> to do animations yeah yeah it would be cool. cool are you kind of like hoping to like bring like some of your 
like you're drawn like comic stuff to life or are, do you have like a lot of different ideas when it comes to doing like animated stuff? Um, I think a mix of both. Mm. Um, I would like, I would like to do a lot of things. So at least this is kind of all hearsay. Like, it's not like I'm going to do it or not, but I would love to do, you know, kind of like a cartoon or episodic kind of series of like following some characters around that would be similar to my comics, I guess, not necessarily like literally pulling from a comic I've already produced, but similar to that nature. Um, and I would also like to do like maybe more short film kind of where it's incorporating like both, uh, real cinematics and like kind of like effects or like after effects a lot and combining that with like, you know, animation or also music videos. I would love to do that in a way. Um, so I, I want to do more film in mm. general, I guess. And I want to keep that pretty broad. Cause oh, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And so. I think like for a lot of people, at least like, making like film projects and like animated projects and stuff i feel like it's a little less accessible than like just drawing on a piece of paper is or like even just going on like photoshop or illustrator or whatever Mm -hmm. so i think it always is kind of an exciting moment when you first get to like jump into a new medium all the way yeah i think so it's been really fun i like being able to do it and uh yeah hopefully i keep rolling with that i think it's really exciting to see like when people and when people do to make that transition too because there are people that i've followed too that used to just do like illustrations and then now they do like really wonky like you know 3d stuff that are like animated but breaking like models and it's it's cool it's cool to see how people do that yeah yeah and um, you announced just the other day that, I guess to jump back to music for a moment, you have launched a small uh, tape distro mm-hmm. online. Yes. And you're, you're selling your Liquid Swords tapes and some Kiloki Cat tapes. Yes. Uh, do you have any other plans for the, the distro right now, or are you just kind of keeping it small, local? Um, I would like to branch out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've asked Will Tuckley about, like, Slusk tapes, um, and I will ask more people. I'm trying to figure that out a little bit, but I'm kind of keeping it small at the moment because it's a little bit new to me. Um, I mean, I've done this before with, uh, Noah Hayes actually, um, when we did a little label, but uh, I would creep like, treat. yes, creep treat. Yes. And, uh, so I wanted to do that again. Mm-hmm. I wanted to duplicate cassettes for sure. And, uh, and but if people like already have tapes and they just want to distribute them, I would love to like open that up to them mm. if they need to sell it online. Mm. But um, yeah, yeah mm. I don't really have a lot of plans with that yet. Mm. And the new the new distro is called Waste Your Potential. Correct. Cool. Waste Your Potential. And yeah, what what projects are you working on right now as far as like illustration and comics and everything goes? Like, do you have like a new book you're working on or like a new uh, or anything? No, actually, I'm not really working on on a new on a new thing yet. I mm. am, but it's not 
there's not enough for me to say I am. Mm. You know, I have a lot of ideas that aren't really like solid enough or like I haven't got far enough on them. Mm. So, but yeah. And Oh, and you, you still do have your web store for all that stuff too, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. What, what do you, what do you like kind of still have like in stock right now? Like what, what's kind of like your most recent work that uh, you've put out there? My most recent is a comic called Julius and it was risograph printed by oddities and uh, it's like 12 pages and it's like a wordless comic and I think it's pretty cool. And there's some other stuff on there. There's a, there's a couple other comics. I think I sold out of one of my comics called Static, but there's a couple other comics on there and yes, mm-hmm. that's it. And I plan on printing some more prints out on there. Mm. So, and then more comics eventually. But mm. I and have prints that are just not on there. Are, are your prints like that you have right now? Like, because you do a lot, like a lot of really cool like characters and stuff that you post on Instagram. Like you have, you posted like that old demon guy the other day, and like you have like a bunch of funny like punk characters and stuff. Yeah. Like what? What kind of prints have you been making? Are are they like those guys? Or are they kind of scenes? Or what? Or those? Um, the prints I produced were like fan art, kind of. Uh, I guess it was like Adventure Time was one of them. It was like this really gross Jake the dog, and then there was sexy Garfield. Oh yeah, and uh, and. Um, yeah, so that's what I was... I was hoping that would appeal to more people, I guess. Are, are you into uh, Olivia Gibbs' uh, sexy Garfields? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I love those. Those, those are cool. Those are good, good Garfs. <laughs> I love the Garfs. Yeah, everyone's got to have a, a sexy Garfield. I love the Garfs in an ironic way. Oh, man, I hope no one just like pulls this audio. That'll be... <laughs> <laughs> they can use it to blackmail you. Man. But, um, no, yeah, what... what <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Have some of this uh, country mist here. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, uh, what 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 kind of happens in uh, Static and Julius? Can though? Can you tell me a little bit, a little more about each of those? Oh yeah. Um, well, Static is a is another wordless comic, and it's it's kind of like I said with a, a stream of consciousness. It's like, um, it's very analogous for for how I view the world, I guess, in a perspective it's, but it, it dives in a, uh, hmm. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but it just kind of goes from like imagery to imagery and it's fluent. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, so that's that one. Cause I don't want to spoil it, even mm-hmm. though I think it's sold out. So I don't know if I have any more, but it's, it's, uh, it's a cynical story. Mm. That's what it is. Um, Julius is like, it's kind of like a romantic story, I guess. Um, what I try to do is with the wordlessness, I'm trying to keep it very like ambiguous and, uh, gender neutral. And, um, but I don't know if it comes across as that. I, I just wanted it to be that way because of, and or like sexual preferences even. Um, but I don't know if it, if it does that successfully or not, that was my goal. Um, 
and uh, it's got a little. It's a bittersweet little love story, mm-hmm. a like wordless comic. So, mm-hmm. and yeah. um, well, I've kind of realized though that you you have like a pretty wide range of like different styles and like characters and like types of stories that you're telling with this stuff. So like, is that part of like, does, is that kind of a, an appealing approach for you? Because like, you know, I'm guessing like a lot of people really just dive into like one character or like one like set of characters and they'll just do that. Like every single time, like, are, are you like enjoying like not having like a central, like thing right now or is that something you kind of hope to do at some point um yeah i i, I know what you're saying mm-hmm. i i like i want to have a central character um but i just i don't know i guess i'm not focused enough for it I, or maybe i'm not i'm not connected enough with my characters i haven't made that connection with one of my characters where i'm like i really like you enough to keep expanding you and developing you and reusing you for multiple things. Mm. Um, I have wanted to, and I've thought about it and I thought about just doing it like off the dome and mm. just seeing how it goes. Cause I think maybe you just have to start somewhere. So maybe that's why I'm not centralizing, but I am enjoying just making a lot of just side things or like not, you know, one character, just yeah. like random. And I guess that is like kind of something like I'm guessing probably a lot of the, the more classic, characters that everyone loves like kind of just come naturally at some point and like you can't it might not be something that you want to force yourself to create yeah yeah i mean i think i don't know yeah. so Who far this hopefully what's gonna happen i guess <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um i think that's most of what i wanted to get to so i guess we can wrap up here okay. um people can follow at shuttlecock mag on facebook twitter and instagram uh, you can read the articles and find more content on shuttlecockmusic.com. There's a web store that's shuttlecockmag.bigcartel.com. We have t-shirts, buttons, and the shuttlecock photozine. Uh, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and YouTube. And Jake, where can people find your bands and your art on the internet? I am located on Bandcamp with my bands, um, Nightcrawlers and Liquid Swords are both on Bandcamp. And um, Waste Your Potential, a new cassette tape label, is on Store Envy, wasteyourpotential.storeenvy.com. And I also have art on zomnots.storeenvy.com, which is spelled Z O M B. K-N-O-T-T-S. And I have an Instagram, which is also that same lettering with an at symbol in front. Yes. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you being on the show today, Jake. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate talking to you. Hell yeah.